You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 71. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So uh, have you noticed the weather's changing a little bit? It's getting, oh, it's getting a little cold. I absolutely. Think, I think it was like in the 20s this last couple of days in the morning. Yeah, I think the 30s because it didn't completely freeze. But when it's cold here, it usually means that the sun is out, which is really pretty. And then with the fall leaves being orange and red, it's actually been a really beautiful fall here in Washington. Yeah, you, you and I went for a hike the other day. We have this, it's called the Inner Urban Trail right behind our house. And we went up to do this hike that's in Bellingham called Fragrance Lake, which is a really popular hike. And you were telling me about when you went down the trail and all the leaves were on the on the path and it looked like kind of like the, the yellow brick road from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, when there was a big kind of like a, a windy time like a windy night. And then the next day when it was really beautiful, I went for a walk by myself on that inner urban trail and, and nobody had been on there yet. No bikers, no walkers. And it was just all these yellow leaves all over. And just me, it did it. I was like, I feel like I'm on the yellow brick trail. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but yellow, yeah. yellow brick road. <laughs> yeah, yellow brick road. And I'm originally from the Midwest, Minnesota, and there's a scenic tour, a scenic drive. You go from Duluth, Minnesota up the, what they call the North Shore, which is the the, the North Shore of Lake Superior, and uh, everyone takes this kind of, I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people take this annual trip to be able to see the the change of the leaves. And certainly we're getting a, we never really got a sense of that in Las Vegas when we lived there for so long. But certainly back here in Washington, you can you can appreciate it because it's really, uh, the temperature's dropping, which isn't great. We certainly like warmer temperatures, but to see the color, the leaves and everything changing, it's it's pretty nice. Well, I'm not feeling sorry for anybody in Las Vegas because they have great weather right now. I remember October, November were like my favorite months. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we first moved there, 2004. I actually got a sunburn on Thanksgiving when we were uh, we were actually at uh, some park with some friends that you'd met, and uh, it was like 75 degrees. I've never been, I never had a Thanksgiving where it was like 75 degrees, and I got a sunburn. That was it was pretty nice. So, having said that, you know, talking about fall and the dropping temperatures. You know, winter is going to be coming fairly soon for a lot of the country. We have the last uh, several episodes, we've been talking about adrenal function. So we figured a really good segue. And plus, because of the time of the year, we would segue from talking about adrenals into kind of a, a little bit of a bridge between stress and immune function. And then, of course, the next episode, we're going to talk about some actual specific things you can do to when you are sick or maybe you're around some people that are sick, how you can protect yourself. Hey, it's it's November, so we're in the heart of cold and flu season, and this is going to last us till probably about January or February. And last year, all the patients I pretty much talked to, they knew somebody, or maybe it was themselves that had, you know, there were a lot of viruses coming around. And so that's why we thought we would kind of get a head start on this so we could give you guys some good ideas on how to work on your immune system, keep it nice and strong to prevent an actual 
flu or a virus or cold. But then at the same time, if you are sick, we're going to, you know, kind of talk a little bit about what you can do acutely to reduce down the symptoms, reduce down the severity and reduce down the duration. Yeah, right. Now, I think there's a, I think there's a kind of a movement in the country to prevent people from getting sick, right? We're too busy. We're going, going, we're go, go, go all the time. Uh, we have a million things to do. People don't have time to be sick, but in some ways, the lack of time to be sick is why people become sick because they're just stressed all the time. They maybe they don't sleep that well. They're pushing themselves to the brink all the time, and they kind of allow themselves to get sick. The harder they push, eventually that is going to catch up with them. And I think even from a you know, media standpoint, there's kind of a push to prevent illness. Now, we talk with patients. Patients have I – mean, our practice is mostly around adults. We don't deal with a lot of children. Usually, the children that we deal with are the you know, children of the patients that we have. So those situations come up quite a bit. And uh, so this, uh, this episode is kind of really about keeping yourself well as a person, as an adult, as a parent, but also things that you can do for your children at the same time. Now, we could probably separate those into two separate things, but at the same time, children under the age of 10 kids are meant to be sick. That's what strengthens their immune systems. We are not, we don't really want to try to prevent them from being sick because I think that over time, especially when they really need protection, I think that actually weakens their immune system. So now when they really need protection, they don't really have any protection. Exactly. The When you're little, you're supposed to get sick. I mean, you're not supposed to get you know deathly ill, but you're supposed to get a cold, a flu here and there. Maybe your fever spikes, but then it comes back down really fast. That's okay. It's good for their immune system. But the take-home part or the, you know, the flip side of it is those kids come home to us or grandkids come home to us, and then we end up catching what they have. And that's what I would run into a lot with patients is, hey, they can't take time off of work. They can't take time and then to be sick. So, of course, you know, they're looking for the quickest, fastest, easiest route to not be sick. So it's a little bit about, hey, your kids are going to bring home some things. What can we do to help prevent that for you? And then on the flip side, like Dr. Mackey was talking about, is it really does come down to those adrenals. You know, those adrenals have a complete correlation or relationship with the immune system. When you're stressed, your immune system drops. That's why people get shingles. That's why people get, you know, shingles, which would have been if you had had chicken pox. That's why people get, you know, Epstein-Barr reactivations is because that immune system is following what's going on with the adrenal glands. Yeah, and you always see those things. You see shingles, you see a herpes outbreak, you see all those kinds of things when people have a major acute stressor. They're stressed all the time anyways, right? They're, they're having stress, you know, just everyday stressors, but then something big comes along and they don't have enough adrenal reserves in the tank, so to speak. And now they get some kind of a major infection like that, all still viral related. Those are all still viral infections, but the immune system doesn't have necessarily enough to go around to be able to protect it in the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. So one of the most important things you can do for your adrenal glands, I mean, you can't go run off and live on club med, not ever have any stress in your life. You're going to have some adrenal stress. But what you can do is definitely sleep, is improving that sleep and making sure you're getting good quality sleep. Yeah. I'm not sure how sensitive the microphones are, but we're in our uh, little studio at our house and our dog is right at our feet. We have an Australian Shepherd mix. Uh, so any of you that actually have an Australian Shepherd, you know that they never leave your feet. They're at your feet all the time. Uh, and he's actually chewing on a bone. We have this big rug in here trying to help to 
take down some of the echo. Uh, so if you hear a weird noise in the background, it's our dog chewing on a bone, trying to keep him occupied. Yeah, he's definitely obsessed with bones and chewing. Thank goodness he only chews on his bones and not anything else in our, our home or office. But uh, yeah, so if you hear kind of like a weird, strange noise, that's that's the dog having a great time yeah. with his bone. <laughs> he's never, even as a, uh, now he's only a little over 11 months, but even as a puppy, a young puppy, he never chewed up any shoes. I think one pair of my shoes, he chewed off a shoelace and that was, that was, that was it. So we got pretty lucky as far as that goes. So back to immune system. That's why we thought this was a really good segue talking about adrenals and a little story when I was, uh, you know, when actually when you and I met at Bastyr, you know, it was a pretty intense, it was medical school, right? So it was a really intense program. And I was on the four-year track, you're on the five-year track. You know, that's just the way that they do their scheduling and how, you know, how long it takes to finish. The first two years of the four-year track was pretty intense. You had a huge course load. I was actually working at the time, so it was really stressful. And almost every quarter for four years, I would get, uh, we would have finals for an entire week. Finals would be done on a Friday. By Sunday, almost for four years straight, I was sick every time. So then I would spend my short little break before the next you know quarter started. I'd spend the whole, you know, the first three or four days of it recovering from some kind of a cold and that's what we see in our patients we see the same thing we see a stressor come along they are fine in the stress of the situation because your cortisol goes up in the short term so it keeps you surviving so to speak but the minute that stressor alleviates maybe a big deadline at work you know you're doing something and all of a sudden you you finish the project you finish the deadline you finish whatever it is and you get that proverbial kind of sigh of relief that's when people tend to get sick. You don't get sick in the moment necessarily, but the longer that stressor goes along, usually on the back end of that is when people really kind of collapse. And probably for you, which I completely admire you for having taken that course load and working at the number of level, you know, the number of hours you were actually working per week. But um, needless to say, you probably didn't get much sleep before finals. Well, you were the good student, right? You were the one that sat in the front of the class and took really good notes. And so you probably didn't have to study as hard as I did, where I would not take as good notes. I maybe didn't show up to class as much as I should. And then uh, I would cram, you know, before the couple of days before the test. So I was trying to make up for lost time where you were actually, you had better time management than I did. I procrastinated too much. So I made it, I, in some ways, I kind of induced my own stress where you actually had better habits about it than I, I you had better study habits than that. I didn't have very good study habits, but nonetheless, from an immune system perspective, Every time it was almost like clockwork. I knew it took me a while to make the connection, but seriously, we would, you know, Friday would come and I knew by Sunday I was going to get a cold or something. And almost invariably I did. It was, it was too predictable to, to be a coincidence. It just happened every time. Yeah. So do not allow yourself, you know, don't, if you're going to skimp on anything, don't skimp on sleep. That's the most important take home thing is don't skimp on the sleep because then as you can see, you know, it'll create that stress on those adrenals. And then when every the stressor is over, you crash. And then of course, when you're under a lot of stress or like Dr. Mackey was saying, studying for finals, you might not be eating as well and probably more shoving in some sugar and caffeine rather than maybe some healthier foods. 100%, right? When you're up all night, the last thing you want to do is be eating broccoli and chicken breast, right? You're eating junk food, you're you're pounding caffeine. Nowadays with the energy drinks, they didn't have energy drinks back then, but now you got Red Bulls and Monsters and all these crazy things that there's going to be a payback at some point. You're going to you're going to pay for that, you know, in some way or some form. Now, you're, it was interesting though when we were preparing for this episode, you you said that you were never really much of the crammer. Like you couldn't you put a priority on sleep. You could never stay up on doing a quote unquote all nighter like you know like some students do. 
Well, I just, you have an amazing memory that you can cram at night and remember it for the test the next day. Not me. I got to read it, write it, say it out loud. So I, I know my patterns. So I would study early and always spend, you know, you know that's my personality too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. And the way that I did it is certainly mine as well. Uh, where I kind of, like I said, I kind of induced my own stress or I made it more significant than it needed to be. So again, the point of that little story there is that we do, in some sense, we allow ourselves to get sick. Okay, We push, we push, we push, we have a million things to do on a regular basis and we kind of run ourselves down. We don't have enough recuperation on a regular basis. And now we have this you know, kind of suppressed immune system. So then we are susceptible to things around us because the things that are around us are always around us, right? It's not a matter of, oh, I came in contact with this person that was sick or that person that was sick or in the office or something like that. It's whether or not the host, you know, the person, the individual, if they are susceptible to what's around them, because those those threats are, from an infectious perspective, are always there. Yeah, so you have to, like you're saying, not that we're trying to blame the human or blame you, but at the same time, you know, people are, it's okay to get sick here and there. Maybe you might get a sniffle once a year, you know, maybe it lasts two days. But I, I think the culprit too is, hey, you might be a little bit of a host, you might catch a little bit of this little virus, but because you don't slow down and you push it through and you go to work and you keep doing what you're doing, that's when people say, yeah, it turned into pneumonia or it went into my lungs because you have to slow down. Granted, nobody likes that person who's sick coming to work, like yeah. coming in the office. They're like, why did you come to work? But of course we have things to get done. And if you don't get it done that day, you're going to have three times more to do the next day. But really, truly pushing yourself is going to make it worse. Yeah, right. And I think that your body is trying to tell you something. When you're getting under the weather, you do have to, no, granted, we're not trying to preach here and tell people what to do. We understand that people have a million, you know, even ourselves, we have a thousand things to do. You and I can't afford to be sick. But from an immune system perspective, especially when we're young, healthy, and vital, getting sick is normal. Getting sick is a way that it keeps your immune system primed and ready. Um, that's why kids, when they get under the age of 10, when they get a fever, they get a big fever. But a child can have a fever of 102, 103, and they're still playing with their blocks and their you know their toys. And nowadays, it's probably their little iPads mm -hmm. or their little video devices, but they're still relatively fine. If an adult has a fever of 102, they are practically bedridden in the fetal position because they feel so horrible. But that child's immune system is really really so vital and so strong in naturopathic medicine, we call that the vis, the, for Latin, it's called the vis medicatrix nature, which is in some ways, it sounds kind of hokey, but it's really a real thing, the healing power of nature. And children's, their vital force is so strong that that's why they respond so well. And their immune system seems like it's really aggressive, but it's aggressive in the right way. And I still, I know that this is a, a kind of a, a touchy subject when it comes to fevers, but I, and you and I don't have children. That's, you know, the first disclaimer, the first thing we'll say. So take our, take our opinion or my opinion with the grain of salt, but children that have a fever, leave the fever alone. Don't necessarily try to suppress that fever, but trying to convince a parent of that, of leaving the fever alone, they think that you should, you should give them children's Tylenol, bring the fever down, bring the fever down. The body typically will never, almost in, er, in every case, will never, you'll never go febrile on its own. It's usually when you intervene with children's Tylenol or something that actually brings the fever down when the body then overreacts. The fever is a very necessary inflammatory process there to not necessarily kill the virus, but to immobilize the immune system. So now the immune system can go attack the virus. So the body has to raise the internal temperature in order to, in order to rally the troops, so to speak. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, if you did, granted, antibiotics are used for bacteria, bacterial infections, intervening with the antibiotics, the immune system doesn't get to really fight and get rid of that virus. So that's why you might see adults that get sick a little bit more frequently because they weren't allowed to get sick as kids. Now, granted, like you said, when a parent sees their kid sick, that's, you know, breaking their heart and twisting their insides. You know, they want to do something. So I totally understand that. So that's where there's that level of balance. Yeah, right. And now granted, we don't want to go into a diatribe or anything like that. Again, we don't have children, but there's always this push for antibiotics. And 90% of illness that human beings come down with most of the time, especially for healthy people, is going to be a viral related problem. Antibiotics do no good for a viral related issue. They only are intended for bacterial infections. And most healthy people are very rarely going to get a uh, some kind of a, a bacterial related illness. They're, it's just not going to happen. You know, so taking an antibiotic. Now, some things they will prescribe an antibiotic prophylactically as a way to prevent a bacterial infection. But you and I were kind of discussing this before too. Taking an antibiotic for a, a bacterial infection that's not there really doesn't do any good. All it is going to do is wreak havoc on your your normal flora. And we're big talk these days about the microbiome. You want to be very careful. You want to protect that microbiome, you know, the, the bacteria that's in your colon and antibiotics given for the, kind of the wrong reasons is going to disrupt that flora every single time. Yeah, like, we, like we had talked about, you know, to start with those adrenals, let's say you do catch a virus and you keep pushing yourself and you don't stop. Then sometimes that's when the the bacterial infection can piggyback on that viral infection because the host is immune system is suppressed because they won't stop. And then there's a perfect environment for that bacteria to, you know, to grow in. But so that's where really does come back to that immune system. Of course, I'm sure all of you know, eating broccoli is a lot healthier for you than eating a candy bar, but just trying to be mindful about what can I do to reduce down those inflammatory foods, you know, like the sugar, the alcohol, the caffeine, the coffee, and then of course the sleeping part. But there are your kids, your grandkids are going to bring home little sniffles and viruses and little bugs. So there are some supplements that you can do to prevent because that's there's a little bit of a misnomer there because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to take some echinacea. I'm going to take this immune stimulating herbs and vitamins. You don't necessarily want to take those things if you're not sick because if you're not sick and you're taking something to stimulate your immune system, that really isn't a good idea health-wise. Now, if you are sick, stimulating the immune system is a great idea. So that's where I think that preventative part in terms of taking supplements gets lost. Yeah, right. I think that's where the, the adrenal connection comes in is you don't want to drain your adrenal tanks too low you want to keep them kind of in some ways thriving so that way you you know like you said the host is protected that way you're able to keep your guard up so to speak quote unquote and it never gets to that susceptible level and taking something that does enhance immune function, if you take that over a long-term basis when you really need it, it doesn't work. And those types of things, which we'll get into in the next episode, but those things are intended to be used in a short-term fashion, kind of an acutely in that early window when you just notice you're getting, you know, you're coming down with something or you've been around with somewhere or if you've been really stressed or um, you have been really burning the midnight oil or something, then you can, you can target that. But taking something for the entire cold and flu season is is not really the best approach when you're trying to quote unquote stimulate immune function. Exactly. The next podcast after this one, we're going to talk a little bit more about vitamins and nutrients and herbs and minerals and things that you can take to 
help prevent, but not necessarily stimulate the immune system. So we'll have kind of like the idea on the preventative. And then we're going to talk a little bit more acutely, like, darn it, I've got a sore throat. I'm going to get sick. It's going to get worse. You know, what can I do right now to reduce the duration? So we'll talk a little bit about supplementation in the next podcast. But for this one, it's definitely about sleep, diet, and lifestyle. Yeah. So diet, of course, is always an ongoing, evolving thing. The big thing when it comes to, as we were just talking about, you know, studying for finals or working, when your stress level goes up, usually your dietary choices go down, right? Your brain is trying to survive. Your body's looking for easy sources of sugar, fat, and salt. And you're maybe are not able to make, literally not able to make the, the healthiest choices at a time when you probably need to make the healthy choices, but you're just, your brain just doesn't want, allow you to do that because again, it's trying to protect you in a way, but that ultimately it kind of diminishes the the health in the long run. So uh, certainly sugar, and I know they've done some studies, you know, in vitro, in vivo, you know, so some of these research types of terms where sugar actually has a, tr- a dramatic impact at decreasing white blood cell function. So white blood cells are, there's what, five or six different types of white blood cells, macrophages and basophils and eosinophils, all those things of your white blood cells, their ability to do their work, so to speak, is actually decrease by consuming sugar. So the more sugar you consume, the lower your immune system is. And then just another completely side note, hey, it's November and most states it's getting pretty cold. So what do we do? We shut our doors, we shut our windows and we turn up the heat. And if you have central heating, when you raise up the heat with central heating, it lowers the humidity in your house, which then dries out your mucous membranes, which when your mucous membranes are dry, that actually, because your mucous membranes are supposed to protect you from the outside critters and bugs and viruses and bacteria. But when those mucous membranes are starting to get a little dried out, that actually increases your susceptibility or your kind of being able to get sick. That's why people tend to get sick is because they, you know, the humidity goes down. So if you can increase up that humidity in your house with a humidifier, even here in Washington, it rains all the time, but it gets cold. We close our doors and windows and turn up the heat and you can dramatically feel that dryness in the air on your skin and your hair that goes for those mucous membranes. So some people get humidifiers. Other people actually take like water soluble lubricant and maybe line the inside of their nostrils to, so then you're out in a crowd with a bunch of people that are also going to be sick is it actually helps protect you from getting sick. Yeah, right. So every kind of wet surface in your body, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, the GI tract, the anus, the vagina, the you know, urethra, all those little wet surfaces are basically exposed to the outside world. And we have protection there that is supposed to prevent us from the viruses and the bacteria and the fungus and the mold and all the different things that are around us. All those things are around us all the time. It's not like they, you know, they are here for different times of the year and they're not. They're always there. And to be honest, our immune system does a very, very good job, especially in the United States where we have such a good quality of life. We have running water, we have sewage, we have garbage collection, we live in a very clean environment. So now the things that happen in other countries where they don't have those things, infectious disease is still a really a big problem. In the United States, infectious disease should not be as big of a problem. And now I know that uh, you know, it's becoming a really hot topic these days across the country for a variety of different reasons. But what we're trying to say is some strategies that you can use on your own to, again, keep yourself well. So you can maybe, you know, at least minimize, maybe not, you're not going to not get sick. Maybe that is still inevitable. Um, you and I, even you and I, as we're 
supposedly the ones that are you know, have all the knowledge and information. You and I still get sick usually, you know, once a year. You know, yeah, one once good a year, cold, tiny cold for yeah. about three days. You know, that, that still doesn't slow you down, but at the same time, you just don't want to keep running at the pace that you are. So if you just slow down a little bit, you know, it goes away. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're not they're inconvenient, but you know, for sure. I mean, like I said, you and I are busy. We have lots of things to do. We can't really afford to get sick, but in some ways, you can kind of reflect back and say, "Man, I was really busy, and there's a lot going on, and then I got sick." It's like, of course, but you don't really look at it or you don't acknowledge it that way in the moment. It's always kind of after the fact. But then our lives tend to be somewhat, you know, routine and habit, and uh, it recycles itself on an annual basis. And somewhere between beginning of October and February, it ends up, you know, being this, you know, this annual cycle for people. So on the next episode, we're going to go into some more specifics. We're going to give you some ideas, nutrient herb wise that are, you know, that we've seen with our own patients that actually work very well. So uh, Dr. Davis, do you have anything else to add for this one? No, no, this was good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, I guess until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.